Hi and welcome to Arrow's coverage of Infosec 2019. We are once again asking the hard questions of our vendors, finding out what their priorities are into 2020 and how they intend to help our channel to develop to address the ever-changing security landscape. We hope you enjoy this series, and if so, please subscribe. We're back and uh, I'm joined now by Gary from VMware. Gary, welcome to Bandwidth. Thank you very much. And uh, would you like to just give us a little background on who you are and uh, why you're here? Yeah, I, uh, within VMware, I'm responsible across EMEA for our, uh, what we call our transforming networking and security uh, market solution. So that means I'm responsible for the messaging, the narrative, much of the go-to-market content. Uh, I work with partners, I present to customers, I, I work with analysts, press and so on. So I'm sort of like a... Uh, the owner of the of the public face of uh, of our uh, networking and security portfolio. So the perfect kind of person to put on a podcast. It would appear <laughs> so. Yes. Good, 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 good. So, right, I'm going to start off with with a probably an unfair comment. Now, I know VMware as the world's leader in virtualization, but why are you at Infosec? Yeah, that's a, it's a question that a number of people ask. Um, the reality is that, you know, you're right, VMware is not a traditional security company uh, or a security or networking company. We come from a different part of the overall uh, uh, technology universe, if you like. However, because of our origins in virtualization and latterly in cloud and end user computing and so on, what it basically means is that um, because networking and security in the modern world is absolutely core to that, it's the it's almost like the roundabout that everything drives around. Uh, you, we can't avoid being in, in networking and security. It's just that that's not in the past what uh, we've, we've been seen for, despite the fact that um, our networking security business globally is actually over a billion dollars now. So we're probably the biggest networking and security company that people don't think is a networking and security company. That's quite, actually that's quite mind blowing that you are that big yet I would not have. I mean, I'm, I'm well aware of. I mean, it was a, it was an an introduction question rather than a, a complete sort of ignorance of, of well, from well my behalf. But that's mind-blowingly big. Well, I think I think the issue is that uh, most of the pure play networking and security companies traditionally they start with networking and security and sort of grow out from that. Now, obviously, we've started from a different place in the infrastructure is primarily initially around the data center and then latterly it's around cloud but you can't in the modern world applications and data it's all about connectivity it's about connecting everything together so you can't actually be an infrastructure player unless you have some element of networking and security in it in fact I'd argue that networking and security are central to it and in fact networking and security in our view we have quite a disruptive strategy, actually, with regards to networking security. We believe that networking and security as, if you like, discrete technical topics, we believe they're converging together. And in, and in fact, the best way to deliver security in the modern world is actually via the network. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're preaching to the converse. I have a degree in network engineering. So I am very much of the... And, and by the way, the reason I did that was because even when I saw many, many years ago, I could see the writing on the wall for everything was going to come from the network up as long as you had a stable network actually you could you could get away with with not as perfect to everything else on top because your network would sustain and, and be managed but 
if you had a flaky network, you could have the most expensive servers, the most expensive storage, the most expensive virtualization, and it would be a complete car crash. So I couldn't agree more. Well, think, think about it from the application perspective. Um, that's the way. That's the way to think about it. The old in in the old day, uh, old applications. Uh, can I? I'll start that again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just this microphone is very, very. I mean, you can hear it. Just apologies. Sorry about this, guys. It's all right. We've. Uh, oh, there we go. I think that this microphone must have a problem with it. Right, turn it off. Put it away. Done for. Okay. Right. Perfect. Sorry about that. Apologies. It's all right. So, think about th the modern world from the perspective of applications. Now, in the old world, uh, what networking was about was connecting elements of the infrastructure together. So, it would be connecting a data center to another data center, or connecting an end user maybe to to an application which was typically a monolithic application running on some big mainframe or large computer in the in in the air-conditioned room downstairs but modern applications aren't like that modern applications are are um, modular so you have things like microservices you have elements of applications existing on the endpoints a different part of the application will be in the data center which means that you know uh, I, I can't even remember which company used to say it, it may have been Cisco but uh, in fact, it was Sun, that was right. They said that um, the network is the computer. And then increasingly, that's true. It's a very interesting way of looking at it. You know, so applications today are linked together uh, by a network. So it's, it's almost like an additional function that the network has. And because the network touches everything, therefore, that's the ideal place to, to put security in. Because if, if you can make the, the network secure, which touches everything, then you, you, you essentially bestow ubiquitous security on everything. I was thinking you inherently apply security to everything north of it, everything from sort of layer three upwards. Hmm. Well, I, I think the issue that um, you know, the issue that we have is that um, essentially the old model of security that was, you know, is developed 30 years ago. Now, it, it's pretty ridiculous to expect that a, a model that was designed 30 years ago before the internet, before mobility, before mobile phones, before you know, Macs, tablets, all these non-PC things, it's pretty ridiculous to expect that that model would still be valid in a world of SaaS, in a world of, um, you know, containers, all these sorts of new things. I mean, how can we expect that uh, a model that uh, relies on um, securing the, 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 the network perimeter, it can still be valid when these days we don't even know where the network perimeter is anymore? It's a very good point. No longer do we have that sort of front door access to the network that was the firewall or the proxy or the gateway. You know, and it was hilarious. We were talking to a customer the other day, and you know, it just shows how backwards some customers are. They were like, "Oh, we don't want to punch holes in our firewall." I'm like, because we're talking about putting an application or a, a web service on the other side of their their network, and I was like, "You realise that firewall is like just? It's basically one of a hundred different doors you've probably got into your organisation, plus windows." plus loft hatch, plus, you know, skylights. And, and they were like, no, 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 everything still comes in and out of this one place. I'm like, almost certain it doesn't now. Well, that's, that's the fundamental issue. I mean, the old, you know, the old model of security, which, I mean, let's face it, came from a time, I mean, essentially, of mainframes. That's, you know, essentially yeah, where, it, where it came from. It was about, let's, let's not even think about security until we've got our infrastructure working, and then we'll secure it by putting a wall around the outside. So that's where firewalls came from, obviously. Um, the problem now is that um, you, 
all these new technologies like mobility, that they're, they're all designed to break that model because, yeah. all, as you say, they're all about tunneling through the firewall. The moment you tunnel through the firewall, you potentially put some weakness into it. And, and you know, what's the, what's the typical security industry reaction to that is, well, we'll keep the firewall, but what we'll do is we'll have a point, we'll, we'll, we've, we'll create a brilliant point solution. There'll be some brilliant genius in Silicon Valley somewhere that will produce this little, little, little application that will deal with one tiny element of security that's to do with mobility, for instance. And then we'll have another one that, that deals with some other. And before you know it, uh, your security strategy is now one increasingly expensive firewall and hundreds of point applications to deal with all these additional bits and bobs. Um, Pat Gelsinger, VMware CEO, always tells the story about how he was talking to a large American bank uh, and he was saying, you know, okay, uh, you know, how are things going, you know, how many cloud providers do you have? Well, yeah, we have two cloud providers and, um, you know, how many, uh, how many SaaS applications do you have? Well, we have quite a few, but, you know, it's sort of 20 or 30. How many security products do you have? Well, it's about 250. And, and, that's, and that's because the strategy has been to, you know, security is about the firewall and we'll just plug the holes as and when they come up. So it's, yeah. it's like the Dutch, the Dutch boy trying to put his fingers in the holes in the dam, the old traditional story. <laughs> and th the problem is that just doesn't work anymore because, no. I mean, you have these incredibly clever point applications, but the issue is when you've got 250 of them, each of them with a different uh, API, a different management interface, needs different skills, uh, Im almost impossible to integrate together. Suddenly you'll see uh, security stopping working, but more importantly, you'll see costs going through the roof because you're having to employ people that understand all of this thing and integrate it all together. So the, the, the old model is just simply broken. It's as simple as that. There has to be a different way of doing security. It's not about throwing the firewall away, but it's about accepting that you can't put all your money, all your security eggs into the firewall and then not worry about what's happening inside your network. Uh, because the reality is it's not it's not whether you'll be that firewall will, will be breached, it's when. Yeah, absolutely. And the issue then is about you have to ch almost change your attitude to security and move it away from preventing breaches at all costs because that just simply won't work to detecting breaches as fast as possible and having an automated uh, activity in place to be able to mitigate the, 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 you know, the, the activity. So that's a completely different attitude to security. It's about saying the threat landscape is such that I cannot defend at 100% against it. I mean, I'm not going to throw my firewall away. It's just about saying security is now about having multiple levels and just making things as difficult as possible throughout your network um, for, for, you know, for bad actors, essentially. Yeah. So fundamentally, I mean, if we look at the way that you do security now, so, you know, I think we've, we, I couldn't agree that we've been let down that down's probably a strong word. Probably, I probably prefer the term limited or, or sort of limited in, in our ability to deploy what was really needed by the traditional well, the traditional way of doing things. Because in, in the, the old world, we'd have to buy an appliance, a piece of physical hardware that sat top of rack or you know somewhere in the infrastructure, and that would be essentially our 
security appliance, and all would pass through that, which, albeit meant you had one place to, to apply changes, one place to manage, but also meant that it couldn't really be very customized to the specific needs and demands of the business units that you that the, that the technology served or the applications that it was trying to protect. So how is how does the way that you do things, because I know that it's, it's slightly different in the VMware world. Well, I'd I, I just say something about that as a sort of preamble to answering that, really, if you don't mind. No, please which, do. Which is that, um, I mean, if you, I mean, if you're a, if you're a company that's, that makes most of your money from, you know, uh, enterprise class firewalls, then clearly it's going to be a bit difficult for you to manage a change towards something that's a little, a little bit wider. So yeah. I don't think we're, you know, we're not being unduly critical in that sense of, of those companies. It's just that on their own, um, they're probably not enough anymore. We have, no. to, do, we have to do other things. Um, I mean, the other point about uh, the other point about it as well is is that type of product tends to be very good at defending against certain types of threat. Mm -hmm. But majority of threats these days, I mean, they're so, sort of undefendable actually, which is things like phishing and yeah. social engineering. I mean, a firewall doesn't really help with that. No, no, not so, at all. And actually, I think the latest stats are it's you know it's 60, 70 percent of all security breaches fundamentally can be traced back. You trace back to. Uh, social engineering so that's a that's a sort of slightly sobering more thought. of a training issue than uh, yeah. anything else so our, our view is that um, as I say we, we're not advocating that you throw your traditional technology away we're just saying that it's not enough on its own so uh, our view is that we need to find a way of putting of making security ubiquitous throughout the infrastructure so it's almost almost like we call it creating a, a fabric, a ubiquitous fabric. Um, and the obvious place, I mean, there are two obvious places actually in VMware's stack that, uh, that you can Im implement security in. And, and essentially our view is that if you can find a place or an, an element within your infrastructure that touches everything, touches all applications, that touches all uh, hardware, that touches all virtual networks, all those sorts of things. If you can find a place that does that, that's a perfect place to implement security because if you make everything secure in that way, then it means that you have this multiple layers of security throughout your network. So from our point of view, there's two places that make sense to do that. One is the hypervisor because clearly everything goes through the hypervisor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the second place would be the network itself. If you can make the network fundamentally secure, then that's a great place. Now, obviously, VMware has, we, you know, we, we have a market-leading uh, role in, in virtualization, both in private clouds and in public clouds and in data centers. So we have a hypervisor, which allows us to insert security in there. But we also have a product called NSX, which essentially virtualizes the network as well. So the hypervisor is about virtualizing compute. NSX is about virtualizing the network. Now, as we said earlier, because the network in the modern world is the thing that, you know, that links everything together, even applications, um, essentially, if we can actually make that network secure, or if, if you like, implement it in the, uh, as this sort of universal fabric that connects everything together, then that'd be a great place. Now, it just happens that NSX and, uh, and our hypervisor, um, vSphere, they're actually integrated together. So NSX essentially in that environment is sort of integrated into the hypervisor. So we have this fantastic position that we can 
make, if we can make that bit secure, we have this universal ubiquitous fabric that connects everything. So that's what we do. So um, NSX essentially um, has this piece of networking technology called micro-segmentation in it, yeah. which is the ability to be able to, I mean, segmentation obviously in networking is not new, no, VLANs have been around for many years. But micro-segmentation, which is really only possible in software, yeah. allows you to segment the network down to smaller and smaller and smaller chunks. I mean, literally down to you know, individual application level. In fact, we can even uh, segment down to individual processes, uh, which, uh, although nobody, nobody, nobody no, does that's, that. But <laughs> right? should it ever be demanded? That's, that's incredible. Yeah, so essentially, if you can essentially have a, a network segment that's the size of an application it means that fundamentally you can control the traffic into and out of that so it's it's almost like a firewall around an individual application so you go from building your applications around security to building the security around the applications yes uh, and security becomes almost a function of the network and, and more importantly, and this is a topic we've tried to sort of bring all of our presenters um, on the podcast back to, you are fundamentally, you've got a technology that doesn't just sit there and insure and become like a one of those painful insurance policies. You can turn around and go, we can use this application more, we can enable better utilization and greater utilization of this application because we've got super highly tuned security around it that means that it can be streamed out to mobile devices, it can be sent off here, it can do that, it can do that, rather well, it's than it's limited because it's all going to go through the same thing that's also shared by our mail servers and the CASB and everything else. It's, it's essentially zero trust on everything. Yeah. That's, that's the point. And, and so the own, in a, in a, in a well-managed micro-segmentation type environment, the only traffic that goes into a, an application or a, a network segment or even a process is the, the traffic that you say is all right. So it's essentially zero trust down to the application or the, pro or the individual process level. Now, the other advantage of that is it's, it's all in software, which means that we can automate it, which means yep. that we can, we can put things like machine learning around it, we can put artificial intelligence in it. So essentially we can make the network and therefore security self-managing. Um, and that's a far more efficient way of dealing with you know an exponentially increasing threat landscape than oh, absolutely. it would be possible with a with a, a sort of manual environment and then so i wouldn't be doing my job properly if i didn't touch very quickly then on on the sort of next level of of the, the micro segmentation piece um in a world where we have iot and all these weird devices and wireless networks and transient mobile devices how does micro segmentation play into that and, and can we can we automate the micro-segmentation based on policies and other things, or is it all a bit set in stone? No, it's, it's, it's essentially management by policy. So it's almost like, um, I mean, it's not quite this simple, but you can almost imagine that when you're setting something new up, you just get the committee of, of stakeholders around a table and say, what are the rules that you want to apply to managing this application or this part of the business and so on. And actually the rules that you apply depend on where those stakeholders sit. If they're business owners, then they're gonna be business oriented rules. If they're, you know, deep in deep in the in the depths of networking, there might be very technical rules. But essentially you can 
you can produce all the rules and the exceptions that you want to be able to use to manage your network. You can input in them into the system and let the system get on with it. It will simply do that policing. So it's incredibly flexible. Now, if you add now the appearance of firstly um, machine learning and then increasingly artificial intelligence, um, you can even take it beyond that because a lot of the changes that might take place in your network in a well-managed network anyway are they could also be by traditional solutions be maybe flagged up as being a security problem because the network has changed or there's a different driver or anything only in fact they're not so it be, it, traditional solutions might flag that up as a false positive now with machine learning and artificial intelligence we can actually learn what good looks looks like and what bad looks like so um, the sort of solutions that we're putting in place now can be not only security but there can be security on a on a on a, a extremely dynamic network a network that's changing almost in front of your eyes and yet uh, because of the machine learning and the artificial intelligence we can tell the difference between actually a security threat and just a, a change a planned change or uh, an automated change to the network so look, we could literally talk all day, but sadly we don't have that time. Good. But thank you ever so much for coming on, really appreciate it, and uh, have a great rest of your InfoSec. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I actually haven't been around the, uh, the exhibition yet, so I'm going to have to do that in a minute. I hope you've put a couple of days aside for it. Well, yeah, it'll have to be an afternoon, but anyway. <laughs> thank you very much. Right. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please come back again next week for the next instalment of our exciting coverage from InfoSec 2019. See you then.